0: Hi there, welcome to my podcast, Healthcare Discoveries with Laura, Aging Talks from a Young Perspective. I'm your host, Laura Okai, a junior in Lake Baddock High School. The main goal of this podcast is to talk about aging from a young person's point of view, because no one is too young to think about the preventive ways of aging or to care about the elderly in their community. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. Today, I have another guest speaker, Professor Sonia Barsness from Georgetown University, Masters of Aging and Health. Today, our main topic is person-centered approach towards aging. The three main takeaways of today's podcast episode is, firstly, the term person-centered approach and its importance. Secondly, the best practices to support people with dementia. And lastly, the perception of aging in our society. So without further ado, let's begin by talking about today's topic. Hi, Professor Varsens. Thank you so much for being in this episode. Um, Would you like to start by introducing yourselves?
1: Sure. Thank you, Laura, so much for inviting me and for being a part of your podcast. I'm so excited to uh, talk with you and learn from each other. Um, As a quick introduction, I am a gerontologist, which uh, gerontologists are uh, people that study uh, aging from a a multidimensional perspective, so I like to say we're the non-medical side of aging, so I'm not a physician, I'm a person that looks at aging in a very holistic way. And uh, my particular focus is changing the paradigm of how we see people as they grow older and how we see people with dementia as they live with dementia. And um, I have a consulting business that works in that area. And I also teach at Georgetown University in their master's in aging and health program.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for uh, introducing yourselves. So um, today, our podcast episode is about person centered approach towards aging, because I know you have a blog, you're also um, writing a blog, which is amazing. I'm like a huge fan of this. Um, so you're advocating for uh, people with dementia. Uh, which is an amazing thing. The three main takeaways of today's podcast episodes are the term person-centered approach and its importance, the best practices to support people with dementia, and the perception of aging in our society. I would like to start by asking my first question. What does the term person-centered mean? So can you give us like a uh, definition? Absolutely. So in the field, there are many definitions of
1: person-centered care, person-centeredness, but I'll tell you my definition, and I have sort of a simple definition, which is that person-centered care is about supporting people in living meaningfully based on what's important to them. And when so, when you talk about care, you know, uh, so there's a little bit of a difference, I guess, in how we think about person-centeredness because we're talking about how we look at a person. And then we're also talking about what we actually do to honor that person. So there's kind of like a very applied part to the definition in a way, because it's more than just seeing somebody as a person and it's like translating it to how we actually support that person. And I would say that if we're even taking a step back and looking at person-centered values overall, to me, the values of person-centeredness are choice, dignity, respect, self-determination, and meaningful living. And other terms that you hear about when you talk about person-centered care or or hear about person-centered care is biopsychosocial, um, individualized, a relationship. Yeah, so there's lots of different terms that sometimes are used sort of in conjunction.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, uh, it can both be used in a medical, uh, as a medical term, or like a more like a social term as well, as far as I understood, right? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, in
1: I think in the medical world, in the medical world, they more often use the term patient-centered, you know, to mm-hmm. denote that that person is in that type of relationship. And I would say in the rest of aging, we usually do use the word person-centered. And for the most part, it has been used specifically related to how we care for somebody. So how we care for somebody in nursing homes or in assisted living communities or someone that's receiving services, but one of the things I like to think about is how we can actually use that term, person centered, for people that are outside care. You know, anybody. I mean, I can be person centered with you, Laura. You know, you can be person centered with me. And so it's kind of a philosophy of how you you interact with people.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, thank you. That was so clarifying. Um, so, and my second question is, why is having a person centered approach uh, towards aging? specifically towards aging important. So can you uh, talk about uh, this, this aspect a little bit?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. I think that the reason why person-centered ideas and approaches are so important is because we have this tendency to sometimes think that all older people are alike, first of all, you know, we say things like, oh, 65 plus, and we assume that, you know, for that 40-year period that all people are the same. Obviously, for many reasons, um, people over the age of 65 are very different. So, what person centered approaches and thinking helps us to do is to see people as individuals. You know, it helps us to see that each person is extremely different, that we cannot make assumptions that all older people want or need the same thing, that they have the same background, that they have the same histories, that they're just entirely unique people. And so when we are thinking about how to support each other as we grow older, we want to be thinking about who people are as individuals, what's important to them, and we want to know them. You know, so I think it shifts the way that sometimes we've done things in the past with older people where we just assume that the same um, approach, the same treatment, the same policy, anything would apply to all people. And when we use person-centered approaches, we really have to truly understand who a person is. And within that too, there's a relationship that you build with that person then that is extremely important.
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm that's so true yeah um uh, thank you so much for your answer again in your blog uh you talk about the term person-centered dementia specifically so uh with this philosophy and mindset um what are some best practices to support people with uh, dementia like with this person-centered approach
1: yeah that's a great question so i think you know, it's a little bit of like taking a step back and understanding what the person-centered approach is with people with dementia and then sort of uh, translating that. So I'll try to give a couple examples. So I think one of the fundamental ideas of person-centered dementia is that people with dementia are not broken. They are whole human beings. And so we cannot approach people with dementia as if they are broken, as if they are not there, as if, um, they are any less. Uh, so when we think about that, you know, when we really live that, we would ensure that a person with dementia would have whole well-being. You know, that it wouldn't just be about maintaining a person with dementia, or just, um, you know, maybe just taking care of their physical needs. We would we would take care of all of their needs because they're whole. You know, and that also would lead us to think about a person with dementia as more than their dementia, that it's not just about what they can't do, it's not about their condition, it's not about their cognition even, that there's many different aspects of who a person is. So if I'm interacting with a person with dementia and I'm thinking that way and I'm thinking, okay, well, this person is so many different things, I wouldn't focus on the fact that they can't remember things. That wouldn't be the only thing that I would focus on. I would focus on who this person is. I would have a conversation with that person based on things that they want to talk about. Will, you know, it, do you does this mean that every, you know, you have to have the most accurate conversation sometimes with people with dementia? No, you just go with where that person with dementia is because, you know, they are sharing with you something that's important to them. Um so that kind of philosophy Looks then looks like a lot of different things. You know, if just you know just talking to a person with dementia, we're going with the flow because we just are we're sort of waiting to see what this person's dementia is sharing with us rather than us sort of quizzing the person or having expectations about what we want them to say. You know, so we're really truly approaching a person with curiosity, I think, when we think of them as being whole. And if we recognize that there's so many other different things. So that's kind of one whole area, I would say. Then another thing would be you know, knowing a person with dementia, like really knowing who they are, what they like, what they don't like, what's important to them. Uh, these are all really important things to try to understand about a person with dementia and are very much a part of person-centered approaches. And even if the person with dementia may not be able to tell us everything about that, it, it's still our responsibility to try to understand who they are. And then we can use that knowledge to uh, have conversations, to even support the person based on what's important to them. So, you know, an example is so, say you have a person with dementia that you are supporting, and what is really important to that person is that they get to go outside and, you know, take a walk every day. So if that's something that's very important to them, and we know this about them, we would, we would, first of all, honor that to the degree that we can, but we also would, and we would recognize that that might be more important to that person than some of the things that we think are important for that person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, so we might as care partners be thinking, oh, it's most important that, know this person has their breakfast at this time or they do this or blah blah but to that person they may have something else that's more important so it helps us to i think better meet people's needs and it goes into another point is that it helps us to recognize that we are not the experts necessarily in how we interact with people with dementia that um, we do have to honor what is important to them and that even as professionals in aging if we disagree um, or feel like something is good for a person with dementia, but that's not important to them, we have to really, we have to think about that. And we really have mm-hmm. to honor that they you know, the person with dementia may think very differently. Mm-hmm. So I think those are a couple of specific things. And then also I would say, You know, we have to, a person-centered approach to people with dementia will remind us that we cannot um, medicalize all the things that a person with dementia does, that we have to try to understand how a person with dementia is acting and that the way a person is acting could actually be expressions um, and that these are normal human behaviors for people to feel anger and sadness and frustration and all those different things. Um, you know, focusing on a person's strengths. So not just focusing on what a person can't do, but focusing on what they can do and making that sort of the basis for how we interact with them. Um, And I'd like to say like moving from can't to how is that sometimes I think we have a way of thinking about people to mention where we say things like, oh, this person likes to walk, but they can't walk anymore, you know, because they might get lost. And so rather than right away going to that, we can't please really thinking, brainstorming, well, what, how could we support this person so that they could still walk uh, in in a way that also, you know, keeps them safe, you know, so you can think, all right, millions of different ways that we could possibly, you know, support this person to still do something that's important to them and honor who they are.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those are great examples. Thank you so much. Yeah. And sure. I think having this approach is specifically important for the people who work at like nursing homes, because it's not only about the physical, uh, providing the physical needs, but also um, providing the emotional needs.
1: Absolutely. I agree, yeah. Laura. It's like, I mean, if you ask most people what's important to them, they, of course, they would probably say some of the physical things are important to mm-hmm. them, but people also have really greater and deeper needs than that, like mm-hmm. you said. And exactly. unfortunately, sometimes we don't really think about that, you know, because we're so focused on ensuring a person is eating or, you know, being t- you know taken to go to the bathroom or all these other tasks, right? So it gets kind of, it takes over sometimes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, um, so I, and my grandma, uh, lives with us and, um, sometimes, uh, we kind of, I mean, we treat her like really, um, in a loving, uh, way. And, uh, I always prioritize to talk with her as well. Um, but sometimes I realize that it's not about just like, uh, providing her physical needs, but like just sitting down and talking to her, just like, um, Making her making ensuring that she's in a loving uh, environment and um she's not like an outcast, you know, just because um sometimes she cannot participate in an event, but she's not never an outcast. So, uh, acknowledging these things are really important. And uh, based on what you said, um, they all match. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah,
1: you're welcome. And I would just add to that, too, Laura, that you know. When you connect with somebody with dementia, when you treat them that way, like you said, in a loving way that they then trust you, you know, and that they understand that you're kind of on their side and that you are with them, not to them, you know, that I think that the tasks that we do have to help people with become easier, you know, because the person is recognizing that you are in this relationship with them and that you want more than, you know, you want more than the physical tasks from them. <laughs> you want to know them and be with them, right? So I think it helps regardless exactly. you know, with all of the other yeah. things that we have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, my fourth question is kind of related to that. So uh, I know that some people with dementia, they're like really sensitive because not a lot of people are the same as we talked about. And sometimes they can show like uh, aggressive or angry behaviors. Sometimes we do something that we never intended to do so in the first place. But uh, if uh, just in case if that happens, how can we address or manage these aggressive or agitated behaviors uh, of people? With
1: dementia? That's such a great question, and it's, I think, such a big topic in dementia mm-hmm. and a couple of things to think about. I think that first we, we do have to reframe the idea that we have about what behaviors are in people with dementia and what they mean. And if we can reframe them into more like normal actions and reactions that people have or expressions, you know people with dementia are trying to tell us something. They're telling us they're frustrated. they're angry, they need something. they're you know they're missing something. Um, there's emotional needs that they're expressing. And so, like you said, to mean, for some people, uh, it is this is the way that they are re- they're expressing themselves in situations, which are very legitimate expressions. You know, if you are a person with dementia and maybe there are people that are talking around you and you're having, difficulty following the conversation, it wouldn't be so weird, you know, to be frustrated, right? You know, mm-hmm. any of us in that situation might become frustrated. You know, if you perceive that somebody is trying to trick you or trying to get you to do something that you want to do, you might become angry, mm-hmm. you know? So those are all normal human responses. I, The way I like to explain it is that it's not that people with dementia are just agitated for no reason, right? That's not, you know. What happens is that when people have different types of dementia, sometimes it the you know the, the conditions that are causing dementia might cause parts of their brain that control emotions to be more easily triggered. Um, you know, or sometimes I really feel like that people with dementia feel unheard and their way of having us hear them is to be angry, you know um, because they're just feeling like we're not hearing what they're trying to say. And so to me, you know, one of the big answers I have to that question is to go to the why is that we always have to be asking ourselves, why is the person acting the way they are? Why are they angry? Why are they upset? Why are they saying that? And to really go through almost kind of systematically all the possible reasons why a person could be upset and look at the situation and look when they became angry and what was happening and try to understand you know the context and really try to be there in the person's uh, perspective and try to understand what they are communicating with us and telling us and sometimes it could be that the person's just expressing that they're frustrated or angry because of a situation sometimes a person could be expressing that they're lonely you know or sad i mean there's, there's so many different reasons it could be that a person's hungry i mean there could be so many different reasons and why it's important to go to the why is because when we go to the why then we can do how you know so if we don't know why a person is acting the way they are then how can we possibly come up with a way to meet their needs you know so when we understand it then we can say okay you know this person is lonely so what i can do is to try to spend some time with this person or maybe this person just needs some comfort because they're sad and they're missing somebody and i can provide that or, you know, whatever it may be. So I think that's what person-centered dementia approaches teach us is to really try to understand with empathy and curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think it's just all about the perspective. Um, I mean, if we see that uh, that person maybe we could hurt that person with our fe- with our words or something or with our actions maybe then we could uh, find better ways to manage those aggressive yeah. behaviors talking about perspective do you think that we as a society portray aging as a negative stage of life I mean if so would having a person-centered approach towards aging could change could it change this negative outlook
1: It's such a great, it's such an interesting question. So I will say that I generally think that there are, there are many narratives about aging, but I do think that the predominant ones are negative. So Mm -hmm. I think that like one of the negative narratives of aging is of decline and loss. And that's just like what aging is all about, right? It's all the, the bad things. Then I think there's like a narrative of almost like frivolity, you know, where it's like older people are not taken seriously. They're kind of like caricatures, you know, they don't really have a place in our society. They're kind of on the fringes, you know, it's very dismissive. And then I think like there's this obsession with youth that we have in our society so that um, we just hold those standards of what is good and bad in turn, and so old is bad you know, and so that's internalized by people of all ages, people internalize these beliefs. Um, You know, people, we hear older people say things like, I don't want to be an older person. I don't want to look like an older person. I don't want to, you know, act like an older person, you know, so that just tells you that there's, there are definitely negative messages out there about growing older. But I do also think there is a more positive narrative of growing older that some people have, which is that aging is a gift and it's uh, an opportunity and there's possibilities and that we should honor it. Um, So I do, there's a lot of narratives out there, but I do believe that, yeah, person-centered values can change the narrative. And the main way that I think they could do that is by really allowing us to see and know who people are as they grow older and to recognize that. Um, from the lived experiences from older people, from really hearing from them, you know, what's important to them, what individuals need and want, who they are. And this humanizes, you know, the experience of growing older, because we start to realize older people are not really different than us. You know, they're just, they just have more life experience and they, you know, have every life stage has gains and losses, has challenges and opportunities, and so older, you know, older people are no different. So I think what person-centered values helps us to do is to really understand that aging is multidimensional, that there, you know, there are many different factors that come together to create a person's experience of growing older, and uh, that this is extremely important in us changing the narrative because. We cannot change the narrative without seeing people for who they are. You know, we can't create stories about older people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We need to create it with them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much. This uh, podcast episode was really eye-opening for me. I um, understood that the problem is actually, again, us, because if we don't change our perspective, they will still feel like an outcast. Um, Everything would be better if we just try to reflect and uh, look at our own actions yeah um yeah. I thank think you you're so right, much Laura. you're welcome
1: i say one of the things i i say often is we have to change our behavior mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> <rather> <laughs> try to change the other person's behavior
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly so I think you're First. right
1: you're, you're right on
0: it <laughs> thank you so much Um, thank you so much again for being in this podcast episode I really appreciate your presence Um, I learned a lot and I hope our audience learned uh, have learned a lot too thank you so much you're so welcome Lori thank you for having me you can follow this podcast on Spotify I would really appreciate it and please stay tuned for more episodes more exciting episodes like this take care of yourself and have a wonderful day